What is going on, Cover 32? We are back with another episode. We got Sid, we got Jordan, you're listening to Drew, and we are here again, Cover 32. What's going on, everybody? Sid, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I mean, every time we get up here, we're so much closer to football. One more week, boys. Exactly. Jordan, how you feeling, bro? Man, I'm living the dream, bro. One week away. Well, actually, less than a week. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait, bro. But... Um, we wanted to give you guys uh, another episode uh, before the season started. The people's episode we have today. So this is all about you guys. We asked you guys to send in uh, questions, concerns, uh, pre-draft questions, post-draft questions if you already have your teams. Um, so we're going to get into a little bit of that and uh, answer some questions. But of course, keep sending in those questions. If you guys have any of them, we'll try to hit them in, uh, in other episodes. We'll try to respond back to you on Instagram. Um, just, just send them in. We're here for you guys. So, um, so the first question we got, uh, was from a listener, uh, Mahomes versus Lamar, who would you rather have? So we didn't get any of the, uh, league settings with this question. It was just kind of a a broad statement question, Mahomes or Lamar. And I'm assuming we're going to be asking this for fantasy purposes, but, um, Mahomes versus Lamar, I'll kick it to, to Sid first. Um, who would you rather have on your team we'll just say for for this year Mahomes or Lamar Jackson uh yeah for me this year I'm always gonna go uh Lamar Jackson uh just because I mean they're both obviously top tier quarterbacks can't go wrong with either one and I think that Mahomes is the superior passer but Lamar uh brings a whole nother element to the game because he is the best runner on that offense and every play goes through Lamar so when Lamar is in the red zone, most likely, I would have to say it's a 75% chance that he's responsible for the score, whereas uh, Mahomes has a new stud coming to town. I don't know how uh, CEH is going to affect uh, the red zone uh, for Mahomes. But like I said, it's it's pretty close neck and neck. But because of that extra element, I got to go with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, uh, I would agree with you on that. Um it, we with missing some time last year, Patrick Mahomes, um, it makes it, the gap look way bigger than it was last year, of course. Um, but even if Patrick Mahomes plays all 16 games and has a full healthy season, full squad, no no hiccups or anything, I still think he finishes slightly second to Lamar. And it's just because of that uh, rushing upside that Lamar Jackson has, he just he can do so much more on the ground than Patrick Mahomes can or needs to do. So for that reason, I'd go, I'd go uh, Lamar Jackson over Mahomes. Uh, Jordan, who would you have? See, I'm on the other side of the fence. Oh, shoot. I actually would take Patty. Um, the reason then why I take Patty, though, is because I believe he has a better situation than mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. I think the team that's around Patty is superior than what Baltimore has to offer. Um, if And that's all hinging on... Like if Ceh is just okay, if Ceh is okay, he's still Pat Mahomes still is going to be able to perform. If Ceh is great, oh my God, that's even more. That's going to take the pressure off of the pass game. Now they got to start putting guys in the box. Now Tyreek is going to benefit. Watkins is going to benefit. Kelsey's going to benefit. Um, I think that there, there's a lot more talent that surrounds Patrick Mahomes, and even though he doesn't have that same rushing upside that Lamar does. I think that we're going to see Pat return back to form this season as the league's number one quarterback. 
Um, so that's but that's that's me. Like I I I'm taking him because of the situation that he's in. Got you. I feel you on that too. It's like we like we said. It's extremely close. Um, wouldn't be surprised honestly if either of these guys are one or two. Um, although Dak Prescott may end up somewhere in there. <laughs> I'm Maybe. a believer. <laughs> I'm a believer. He, he could. He could. Fantasy wise, that's all we're talking about. Um, but yeah, they're definitely, definitely close with both of these guys. Um, all right, another question. Uh, eighth pick overall in a PPR league. Who would you take? This is also another one of those kind of a broad statement question, not too, um, not too in depth, but eighth overall. So I guess it's more of a, a draft range question. This is a, like a pre-draft question. Uh, who would you have at eight? I'll answer first. I would probably go. I mean, of course, it depends on who already went off of the board. Um, but if you can grab, like, say you have the option of Derrick Henry and Devontae Adams at, at eight, I personally would rather go with Devontae Adams. Um, I just like him being in that range closest to uh, – the 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 middle of the first round just because I think there's a little bit of a drop off once you go from Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams to the rest of the receivers uh, I think he's clear cut number two and uh, Derrick Henry I just don't believe that we're gonna get the same exact numbers I mean not the same exact numbers but it, he's gonna have a little bit of regression from from last year I can't see him um, producing what he did last year he ran over everybody and now. Even though defenses are going to know how to game plan, they're still not going to be able to stop him. But his numbers are not going to be the same exact as last year. So um, I like the upside of Devontae Adams playing all 16 games with Aaron Rodgers. And uh, that's who I would go with uh, at eight if I had the option between those two guys. Uh, we'll kick it to Jordan second on this one. Who would you take in that eight, eight spot? Yeah, so I, I'm probably leaning a little bit more towards Devontae Adams too. Um if you if you look at what's going to be going before you, you got the top six running backs. So CMC, Zeke, Saquon, Cook, Kamara, and Henry. Chances are those six running backs will not make it to you. In any cha- in a in a in a world where one of any one of those running backs does fall, like I said, Derrick Henry a little bit more on the fence. But if any of those running backs were to fall to you at number eight, I would definitely take any of them. Like without even, I'm just auto auto select. Yeah. Like I'm taking any of those running backs. But um, being that I don't think in a normal league that any of those guys fall to eight. So you definitely want to get yourself some high end talent you, in the receiver pool. You know, it's always said that you can't lose your, you can't win your draft in the first round, but you can lose it. So you want to get some safety, and Devontae Adams is definitely a guy that is going to be safe this year. Um, he's the only only show in town. Um, he's the only one there. He has the most rapport with Aaron Rodgers, um, and I think that Devontae Adams is going to be a super safe pick, but also provides a lot of upside also week to week. Sid, who would you have at that uh, eight spot in the PPR league? Yeah, I'm leaning uh, kind of with you guys. Uh, if Derrick Henry is unavailable, I would definitely take a running back first in the in that eighth spot if one of the tops will be there, uh, namely Derrick Henry, because uh, I, that's the only running back that you even have a chance slipping to you at eight. If not, then you definitely should go, because you're in a PPR league, should go with the best receiver on the board, which is Devontae, Ad- other than Michael Thomas, 
which is Devontae Adams, just because I think um, this year he will, I think he's going to do great this year with a, a really motivated Aaron Rodgers. He's the number one target everywhere on the field, every down in the PPR. Yeah, if if Derrick Henry is not there, I mean, that's an easy choice, either Derrick Henry or Devontae Adams for me. Yeah, so we're all kind of on that same wave of at least those two those two players who in current ADP for PPR as in that range of Devontae Adams, Derrick Henry, and then it gets kind of murky in the 9 to 12 spots uh, in the first round if you're playing in a 12 team. But um, All right, great. So our next question is from uh, Josh from Mass. What up, Josh? I know you're going to be listening to this, so what up, bro? Um, he asks, hey, uh, fellas. I got a question. How do you deal with snakes in a league? When I first read this, I was like, snakes, bro? What are you talking about? Snake in the draft? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a snake draft? Like, what do you mean? He said like, he means guys that never send or are willing to accept fair trades with you or most people they attempt to trade with. Mm. Um, so that's a that's actually a really good question because um, it's not very player-pointed. That's just like a what do you do with somebody like that in your own league. Yeah. Um, my... Personal take on that would be it's not a whole bunch you could do. Um, it's just, I I don't know. That's that's tough. Let me, Jordan, do you have a certain response to this? Because this is, this is a tough question for me. No, nah, yeah. I So I understand the frustration. We, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like every league has one guy like that yep. who is just here for the opportunity to win but will not put himself in a situation to lose. Um, and... I mean, we got one of those in our league, you know, it is frustrating, but at the end of the day, I always try to remind myself that it is, there's nothing wrong with it as far as, um, integrity to the game. You know, it's not cheating. It's just a style. You know, some people just aren't really that into trading. Like I remember, um, in our first, in our first beacon league, we had Mark. Oh, he would not trade for nothing. Like he liked his draft. He liked his guys. And that was it. He lived and died by them. Yeah. Um, so as frustrating as it might be, I th- I think there's nothing that you can really do about it because it is just a way to play the game. You know, um, if if you really don't like it, give them the boot. We've given <laughs> we've given tons of guys the boot over. Our, <laughs> you know, if you you know, it's so. If, but that depends on if you're that type of person. Me, yeah. I'm a mean type of person. <laughs> if I don't like it, you're gonna get the you're gonna get the boot. Yeah. But I don't really think there's anything you could do about it, unfortunately. Uh, Sid, what, what is your your take on on managers like that? Honestly, I feel your pain, Josh. I do not like playing with uh, dudes like that. But I agree with Jordan. But one thing you can do, which I I think is a is a good way of even in the board, is just to starve him. Yeah. So, like, yeah. let's say you guys, you and the your group of players try to make trades with him, and you know he's not budging. There's going to come a point, and I think it's going to be a lot of a lot of people in the 2020 season are going to really need some help. Yeah. And he's going to be begging all the players, please, I'll trade anything, I'll give you my homes, whatever, mm-hmm. leave, leave him be, and I guarantee you he'll leave himself out. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I, I actually didn't even think about that. Said like. Starve him out. Like, go get if, – if say he's got Kamara, go get Latavius Murray. Go get his handcuffs. You know, if you – because people forget that fantasy football is a sporting, you know, game. 
but it's also us versus the other managers. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of strategy. You know, you could starve someone else out by picking up the handcuffs to his players and either he takes an L when those guys, you know, go out or maybe now he finally going to do some some talking with you guys. Yeah. Sure. It's def- definitely fantasy football is definitely a chess game as much as it is uh points for points. Um you definitely got to know what you're doing as a manager. Now, if you have a guy that now here's does a guy. this. Now, here's <laughs> a guy. Where did Chris Collinsworth? Um, if you have a manager in your league that is of the, the snake type, like how Josh is describing them, won't trade, won't do anything, and also is trash and doesn't set his lineup and stuff, he's definitely getting the Oh, he's playing. getting the You got to get the that, Yeah, find a way. If you're not the commissioner, make a committee and try to get that guy out of the league because if he's not willing to trade anybody and he don't pay attention, he doesn't need to be in the league. Nope. Especially if it's a competitive league and not just like a family league or something like that, like something you guys pay attention to and invest a lot of time, mock drafts, all that stuff, and money and sit to some aspect. Don't get that guy out of there, bro. There's, yeah. no, there's no need for On this subject, time. while we're up here, I just want to ask, what do you guys feel about tankers? Well, in fantasy? In fantasy. All right. Ooh. That, uh, go ahead, Jordan. So it depends on what the league is. If it is a dynasty league, then like I understand the strategy. That's more understandable. Because yeah. in a dynasty league, there's value out of tanking. Yeah. In a regular redraft league, I think you're just being scummy. Yeah. You know? That's that's my thought. Like, play with integrity. Play to win all the time. Like, I hate when, you know, someone gets knocked out of the playoffs and then they just stop playing. Like, nah. You know, like, play for that consolation bracket still because, you know, as much as it's awesome to win, be a good loser, too, at the same time. Yeah, like, don't give a guy that, like, say you're playing the, the number one team in the league and you're already knocked out and it's towards the end of the season. Don't just mail it in. Like, give the do some competition. Like, yeah. for the for the rest of the people that are in the league, don't, don't just like give him a win. Like, at least put up a fight. Yeah, your team's trash, but you still playing. Just that. Just me personally, I'm too competitive to just not. Yeah. yeah to exactly. just quit even if I'm out. Like, I still want to say, yeah, I won this week. You know what I like, mean? Like, what do they always teach us in football? Play to the final whistle. Yep. Yeah, exactly. No matter so, what. Exactly. So. That was a great um, question. Oh yeah, yeah, real good question. Thanks, bro. All right, so um, Brady from South Carolina. Uh, asks, I have Fournette on my team. Should I trade him, start him, or bench him to start the season? Another excellent question. Great uh, question. Especially with the, question. with the news uh, just breaking about Fournette signing with Tampa Bay. Um, Sid, I'll give you this one first. What's your, what's your take if you are an, are an owner of Leonard Fournette right now? All right, Brady and all you other Fournette owners, you are in a rare opportunity. Um, the only thing I wouldn't do... From this question is start him. Uh, I am up for trading him, and I am up for benching him to start the season. Uh, if you can trade him for something valuable, then go ahead. Full steam ahead because we just don't know what we're going to get out of Fournette. I'm hearing a lot of different things that Ronald Jones is still the starter. It's going to be a very murky start. Like Jordan likes to say, it's going to be a very slow start. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely would not start him. Absolutely not. Week one, um, let's see what happens. Let's see how they're utilized. I, I can't remember exactly who Tampa Bay is playing week one. I believe the it's Saints. the Saints. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I mean that's going to be a good that's going to be a good test to see how they're going to utilize Fournette. If he's just going to be a third down rusher, is he going to uh, split carries with Ronald? I don't know. Yeah. Definitely do everything else but start Fournette. 
Jordan uh, start sit or trade for that? All right. So me, I am saying trade him. Okay. Because I think right now people are associating a ton of value with the name, mm-hmm. and you can trade that name for other value. I don't believe in Fournette this season. I don't think that. I mean, Fournette was he was a third round pick when he had the backfield all to himself and all the carries in the world, and he still was a third round pick. Now you're talking about he's going to a team with four. It was five running backs, but they just got <laughs> rid of. Uh, I can never pronounce his name, so I'm not Agumbo even. <laughs> They just they just sent him packing, so now we're down to a healthy four running backs <laughs> with a rookie. With a rookie, so you know that's my thing. Is like I don't think that Fournette is going to be in a good situation. He's on a one year contract. He's on a one year contract for three point five million dollars. That is literally nothing, you know. <laughs> unfortunately, so I don't think that. I, what I The picture that I can see is they go in week one against the Saints. The Saints are going to run it up on them. And Fournette isn't going to see a ton of the work because the ball's going to be in the air. Brady's going to have to do a lot of the work. That's not something that you want to sign yourself up for. You know, I am jumping. If I had Fournette, I'd jump ship. And some names that I think would be equal in value is... I'd say, yo, go for, I don't know, a David Montgomery, a Mark Ingram. Yeah. Uh, trying to think of some receivers. Uh, yo, if you get your hands on Tyler Boyd, yo, Fournette nice. for Tyler Boyd would be insane if you could yeah. pull something like that off. Yeah. Because these are guys that have are in better situations, have some upside. Um, but I, me personally, like I don't really want anything to do with Fournette this season. Um, but I definitely would try to get some value out of a trade. Yeah, so if you have him right now, obviously the season hasn't started yet. Um, I would try to trade him before the season starts yeah. because if you get into the season week two, week three, and you can see what the Tampa Bay is rolling out for a running back committee or what their – because we have no clue what their whole entire offense is going to look like. So right. that, that alone scares me with Fournette, but – if you have him right now, currently, I would be of the the thought process to trade him as well. Um, and I'm going to trade him. Like like you just said, like Mark Ingram, uh, guys like Kareem Hunt, David yeah, Montgomery. Definitely. Raheem Mostert. Like I, w- I would rather those guys over Leonard Fournette because we have no clue what they're going to do. Like you were just saying, Sid, like they're saying Ronald Jones is their guy, but then – I don't know if he's going to be their guy. Vaughn. I don't know how much they're going to run Sean it. Like, I, yeah, yeah, Shady's going to be on the field. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. And like Jordan just alluded to, like they, the the name will be able to get you some value uh, coming back if you if you trade him right now. Um, it's just a sticky situation for him. He's like a he's a real good like downhill running back man. He's got he's got talent. It's just the situation. I think you can get some guys in your league to uh to bite on a name like Leonard Fournette attached to a team like Tampa Bay like ooh this team is uh, like a stud team and they just got a stud running back he's going to be a stud player for me so that a lot of managers are going to go into the season like that and i think that will help you in trying to trade him or if if you don't want to trade him yet and you want to sit and he decides to weeks 1 through 3 have decent weeks Hold on, on to him for a little bit, boost up his trade value, mm-hmm. and then ship him off. Because I don't think it's going to stay consistent. I don't think he's going to 
There's, there's no way. I don't know. The, just the, the Tampa Bay offense kind of scares me when it comes to running back. So yeah, I'm kind of not, not a fan of Fournette uh, going into this season. But all right, good. Thanks, Brady. All right, so Nick um, has a question for us. It says, I have a trade offer. Galladay and Raheem Mostert, and I'd get Todd Gurley and Michael Gallup. Okay, Nick. So you have – I'd get Todd – okay, so you have Galladay and Mostert. Uh, Sig, what would you do if you were Nick? Are you keeping Galladay and Mostert or taking taking uh, Gurley and Michael Gallup? Nick, I thank you for coming to us before you made this trade. <laughs> because my brother, this is nothing but downside for you and upside for your competition. Yeah. Uh, Galladay, I think, is prime for a great season and way better than Michael Gallup only because – there's a lot of mouths to feed in in uh, Dallas right now, man. You got Zeke taking receptions, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lambs had a great camp, and uh, my boy Drew believes in Block A Jarwin. Yeah, so Block A, that's a the <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of mouths to feed. I think Michael Michael Gallup will do good. I think he will eclipse 700 yards, but I don't think uh, he's gonna do anything better than um, Galladay's a thousand yard receiver this year yeah. minimum. And the running back situation, Todd Gurley, I think he is going to be a viable option in fantasy uh, Mm -hmm. this year. But to give up Galladay with him, I don't like it. Uh, Most start isn't a must start, but but I think he will. I think he does hold some value. Uh, Tevin Coleman, I think he's played one full season since he's been in the league. He hasn't. He averages about 600 yards um, a season, so you don't really have to worry too much about Tevin Coleman taking over uh, most starts, um, carries and starts and whatnot. So I think um, honestly, keep keep most start, keep Galladay, uh, Todd Gurley. Again, that was that was the upside for you, but you're losing too much at receiver for me to like that. Yeah, I agree with you, Sid. Um. I do like Michael Gallup this season, like you just said, though. And I do think he's going to have numbers very similar to Amari Cooper. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but I it's think that... hot, but yeah, it's, it's not yeah, crazy. But it's lukewarm. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's lukewarm. But, no, I really do like Michael Gallup this year. So when I first looked at it, I was like, oh, maybe. But my uh, my Dallas Stars started coming out of the back of my head, so I had to, back, <laughs> I had to tone it down a little bit. Um, yeah, Galladay is a... He could potentially be a top five receiver at the end of this year. So that alone, and I, I don't know what your settings are, Nick, when it comes to, to um, your league settings, whether it's PPR or whatever. But if you're in a PPR league and you have Galladay, definitely do not do this this trade, bro. Uh, and Raheem Moser, although, like Sid just said, is not a must start, um, <laughs> he is still considered the... RB1 in San Francisco. They just paid him this offseason after he was threatening to leave or hold out or whatever. I don't know how you hold out as a 28-year-old running back, bro. Like, what do you... Really? <laughs> I'll just cut him at that point, but <laughs> threatening to hold out and you name Mostert. But anyway, um, yeah, no, I definitely... Just hold on to Galladay and Mostert. Don't, don't trade for Todd Gurley, who is going as a third-round, fourth-round running back. Um, kind of in the same range as, as Mostert, but you're, you're not going to get... Uh, a good return value on that. Just just hold on to Galladay, who's a stud, and Mostert, who will get you uh, close to a thousand yards this season. So, uh, Jordan, what do you think on that? Yeah, I am one hundred percent on board with you guys. Um, 
Galladay, see, I'm a even bigger believer in Galladay because I think he provides, like you said, top five talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, if he gets the work, like I always say, if Marvin Jones was to just disappear, I would not be sad because Kenny Galladay <laughs> would be become the one of the greatest receivers in the game right now. Yeah. Um, he has such great talent. He has a good rapport with uh, Matt Stafford. And is he is he in this? Is this his third year? Yeah. Yes. You know what they say about third year receivers. <laughs> yes, sir. Third-year receivers have the season of their lives. Yep. So Kenny Galladay, I'd, I'd hold on to him. Um, I'm also a big believer in Raheem Mostert. I think that he's a great running back. Um, and I think that the situation might be a little bit murky with Tevin Coleman and um, Jarek McKinnon. But he's he's light years better than both of those guys. So he's going to see the majority of the snaps. Whereas Todd Gurley, he's... I think more heading towards the decline of his career already. Unfortunately, um, his his health just isn't that great. Um, there's a reason why the Rams kind of, you know, kind of went away from Gurley last year and then shipped him. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be too excited about Todd Gurley and Michael Gallup. I think is a great receiver. But like I was telling the guys before the, we got started this podcast, I think he's going to play third fiddle to mm-hmm. CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. I think he's good, this, which is also the reason why, you, you've heard me, I'm very high on Dallas's offense this season. Because I don't think that Michael Gallup's bad. I think, though, that he's going to be the third best receiver in that offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just every way you look at it, that trade that trade wouldn't provide any upside for you. You're all set where you're at, Nick. Yeah, so good good question though, bro. I'm glad you came to us with that with that question. Don't ask nobody else next time. Just come to us, all right? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so we got uh two more questions. Um this is oh oh David, I'm sorry, David. Hey David with a David Montgomery question. That's crazy. <laughs> um all right. So David, I don't know where you're from, bro, but uh half PPR. This is Dave's question. David Montgomery or Cam Akers? Uh, so I'm assuming this is a pre-draft question. Um, so Jordan, I'll let you lead lead off on this one because I know you like David Montgomery. But uh, who are you taking, him or Cam Akers in a P, uh, PPR draft, half PPR? Hey, Dave, take Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, um, David Montgomery, even though he's dealing with a little bit of an injury situation right now, that you know, there's talk that he might not start the season. We might not see him to week three. Okay, get it, but. After week three, he is the guy. The Bears have still failed to pick up another running back. They know that he's hurt. And all of these veteran running backs that are on the waivers right now, or that are free agents right now, they still haven't picked any of them up, which leads me to believe they believe in David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen as a tandem. So I like David Montgomery this season. Yeah, it's not most ideal that you're going to be starting off possibly with him injured, but don't pick him as your number two. If he's your flex or if he's just someone that can sit on your bench, if you can find a way to get David Montgomery on your bench, that is the most ideal situation because he's going to be the guy when he does finally get onto the field. Um, And Cam Akers, Cam Akers is great. Um, He's a great rookie running back, but at the same time, it's exactly what I said. He's a rookie running back. Yeah. We don't we don't have anything aside from college tape to gauge 
what he's going to be able to do. We've seen David Montgomery in a, in a year already in the NFL. We know what he can do, and he's the only game in town. So I, I tend to lean a little bit more towards David Montgomery. Uh, Say, so what about you, David Montgomery or Cam Akers in a half PPR league? Definitely agreeing with Jordan on this one with David Montgomery. Uh, like Jordan said, he is the guy for the Bears. Uh, Mr. Trubisky just won a tough camp. He's going to have to rely on someone, and it's going to be that ground game. I uh, don't know too much about the injury, but when David Montgomery is on the field, I promise you he will be the number one red zone option, which is what you want for your running back. Um, yeah, the, the, just the way the Bears look like they're going, they look like they're going to you know, that 85 Bears style. Great defense and great run game. So definitely, it's not even close for me. David Montgomery, I, I like Cam Akers. Heard he's having a great camp and everything, but that backfield is still unsure. It's still murky. Still got Darrell Henderson and I believe Malcolm Brown. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we don't know. We don't exactly know what's going to happen with the Rams. I like to go with what I do know, and David Montgomery is that man. Yeah, I agree with you guys on uh, David Montgomery. Um, he's going to be the the one, when, like you just said, he is coming off of an injury, but um, – He's the one there in in uh in was he oh uh, Chicago excuse me yep. but my more of my take would be on why why not Cam Akers so like Jordan just said Cam Akers is a very good running back um and he was running in Florida State behind a terrible offensive line like it was that was probably one of the worst top tier um teams to have like a offensive line that bad I've never seen nothing like that but. He was extremely good there, so he can make it work anyway. He has the talent. Um, it's just the situation that he's in, I feel like he's going to be the guy there for the next couple years. It's just for this fantasy season, that's not going to come until week seven or eight when he is the clear-cut one. It's going to be a three-headed running back by committee type of thing between Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. So. If you're drafting these guys, definitely take um, Montgomery. He's got um, reception upside. He has workload upside. Um, and I, I wouldn't say he has the total offense upside because I like the Rams offense better than Chicago's. But if you're going to draft, I have Montgomery four spots. Uh, yeah, four, five spots ahead of, of uh, Cam Akers right now. So definitely go with, with Montgomery as your running back. He could be your... Uh, high, low end RB2, but definitely a flex spot over Cam Akers. Um, all right. And then we got one more question. Uh, second year player that could break out this year for fantasy. So this again is a, a more of a broad statement question, but, um, Jordan, I'll let you start. Who is your second year player? So a sophomore season that can break out this year for fantasy football. Uh, so mine is, I think it's pretty across the board for most uh, that are drafting, but it's going to be DJ Moore. Mm -hmm. DJ Moore was a great receiver last year, um, and now he it's just him and CMC. That's it. That's all you have to the entire Carolina Panthers team, and I'm including the defense in that statement. <laughs> um, so I like DJ Moore because he's a young talent. He's going to – I heard reports already that him and Bridgewater already have a good connection. 
So he's going to see as much work as he can humanly handle this mm-hmm. season. Um, so off of just volume, I'll say that I think that DJ Moore is going to be a great pick. But I think when you add his talent into that mix also, he could end up becoming something uh, pretty surprising this year. Like we have we, we got him going as kind of like the wide receiver 10 to you know 15 in most uh, drafts. But I think he might even have the talent to finish like top eight. Yeah, I like that. I'm I'm pretty high on DJ Moore this year too. Um, like you said, he it's just him and and Christian McCaffrey. There's not nothing uh, much else to that Carolina offense. I mean, they have um, Curtis Samuel, who was a stud in in college, but uh, not so much so far in the in the league. So I think DJ Moore is going to be a PPR machine. Um, He's he's big. He's got all the all the intangibles to, to play receiver. So um, that is a good uh, second year breakout. And I think everybody in the in the industry is um, thinking of that that same as well. Um, Sid, who do you who do you have as your breakout player for this year? Second year player, Steel Nation boy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I got uh, my boy Deontay Johnson. Uh, not much bias in this one, to be honest. Uh, Deontay Johnson was led all rookies in receiving yards and touchdowns last year with Mason Rudolph and a duck at the helm at quarterback. <laughs> he's now getting back a Hall of Fame worthy quarterback. Um it's he's pro, him and uh, Big Ben if you're keeping up with training camp since we don't have preseason. Uh they're talking about they have the best connection so far in camp. I think Deontay Johnson will eclipse a thousand yards. Not sure how many touchdowns this man will have, but he is the best route runner currently on the team. And he's second to Juju and he plays slot a lot and wide. So I think uh, with the Steelers offense this year and the Steelers schedule, you can count on Deontay Johnson to have a breakout year. Yeah, I, I like um, Johnson, too. That's another one that's been a, a really good grab if you can get him um as your uh, third receiver or, or flex spot right now in in, in deeper drafts, um, he's gonna he's gonna break. I haven't really seen a receiver that hasn't done well in the Steelers offense in a long time. I don't know if it's just I was listening to um, one of the podcasts yesterday and they were saying, no, it's not that the Steelers are good at drafting receivers. It's just Big Ben turns them into good receivers. It was like. <laughs> I I kind of feel you, and I kind of it's, it's a little, little bit yeah, of both. it's a little bit of both because I've also seen guys leave the Steelers and still be successful. So it's mm-hmm. kind of it's a little bit of a hit or miss right there. I don't get me wrong; I'm not trying to bash your boy Big Ben. Sam, no, no, but, no. But, but you know what it is, man. With Ben is Ben and Jameis Winston aren't too much different. They give their receivers the opportunity to be great. Yeah. You know, Ben he'll he he'll end the season with a ton of interceptions yep. and, you know, not super efficient numbers, but he'll have the crazy amount of yards, crazy amount of touchdowns uh because he takes a lot of risks and the receivers end up being the beneficiary of it. Yeah. Yeah, so Deontay Johnson definitely a guy that is almost guaranteed to break out to some extent uh, this season. Now, my guy, Ooh, my who, guy. <laughs> um, who I have uh, hit on on the podcast a couple times um, this summer is DJ Chark. Oh, shoot. All right. So, yeah. So, DJ Chark, uh, definitely a guy I am extremely high on. Um, 
depending on where you can get him in your draft. I think that if you could get DJ Chark at your wide receiver three, you have almost won the draft at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a specimen of a wide receiver. He's six four, two something. Got really big hands, really long arms. Has decent speed for somebody being that big. Um, and now, especially, I was high on him already. But now that Leonard Fournette's gone, and you don't have okay, let's just run it on first and second down and then throw it on third. DJ Chark is going to eat up the targets in that offense. Um, And Gardner Minshew can throw it. It, I know a lot of people don't think of Gardner Minshew as a a actual quarterback, but in fantasy, if you're listening to this for fantasy purposes, Gardner Minshew is going to have a decent season, so don't sleep on him. And I really think DJ Chark is going to go off for easily over 1,000 yards Easily over 80 catches, and I don't know the touchdown numbers just because the rest of their offense is kind of trash, but um, I'm definitely a big, huge uh, DJ Chark fan. Had a really good rookie season, and I think he's going to um, break the doors off of his uh, his ADP when it, coming into the season. Um, you guys have any thoughts on, on DJ Chark? I love DJ Chark. I love his situation. I love the way he plays in real life. I love his fantasy value. I love everything about this tanking Jaguars team because there's only two options in that offense, and it's Gardner Minshew and DJ Shark. And if you watched any of the Jaguars games, you probably didn't because most of them were trash. <laughs> but if you did, Minshew, they call it Minshew Magic. Him, He just has a really good way of throwing the football in really weird situations, and I think... That's really going to help. Like Jordan was just touching on, reason why Big Ben is successful and his receivers are successful is because he gives them chances. And I think Minshew is that type of quarterback who is going to give chances to his receivers, which he really only has one real one, which is my boy DJ Shark. So, yeah, I think that he's definitely going to have a breakout year. Yeah, Jordan, same for you? I third that. (laughs) All right, excellent. So we're all... Uh, agree on all of our breakout players not too many hot takes on that on that question but um that's pretty much it for the questions guys again we're going to be doing an episode like this um probably regularly and during the season we're going to be doing stardom sit them we're going to be taking you guys questions um all throughout the season so don't don't stop asking and if your question didn't get on this episode don't worry about it there's tons of questions so just keep just keep sending them in and then we'll try to respond to you regardless even if it doesn't get uh on the show so um you know keep subscribing keep listening to the podcast uh keep blowing up the likes and the comments on instagram we appreciate you guys uh support as we're getting this getting the show started getting this this nfl season going um but until then the season's right around the corner guys i think i think this is the last episode before we see actual football so so. yes sir yeah so it is gonna be crazy it's gonna be podcasts you're going to see so many posts from Cover 32. It's going to be ridiculous, man. If you think we post not a lot now, imagine when the season starts. So, yes, sir. Um, so we're excited. Thank you guys again. This has been another episode with the Cover 32 crew, uh, Sid, Jordan, and Drew. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.